Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack is Back podcast. I am your host, David Valliere, and super excited to bring on Doug Spooner today. Spoon's looking forward to our conversation, particularly about the mentorship program. But before I get into that, let me just kind of give a little intro on the podcast for anybody that's just joining, um, really focused on hockey and our alumni. Today, we're not going to have any hockey updates. The season is so we're just going to talk about the mentorship program and get to get to know Doug for those that didn't play with him. But we're always going to be updating the website. So please check us out at seawolfhockeyalumni.com. And uh, trying to to build not only sort of rebuild the fraternity, right? Because we lost our connection a while back, but also to build other connection points like the mentorship program around the fraternity. So with that, Doug, welcome to the program. No, I'm glad. Happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Tell us a little bit. Before we go into any background, are you like, where are you at today? What are you doing? Fill us in. Oh, it's been a busy 30 years since getting out of college. Uh, you know, I've spent 20 years there in the Anchorage community working and coaching the youth hockey for the All-Star organization. And then in 2007, I decided to move to Arizona to uh, try to get employed by a boys ranch. They have lots of boys ranches down there for disadvantaged young boys and men, young men. So took a leap of faith and moved down there and wasn't able to get hired on at one of the boys ranches. So it kind of plays into my wanting to help the mentorship program at UAA now. So I've always wanted to do this. So that's why I'm excited about it. And so spent a couple of years in Arizona and ended up going back to work in uh, Texas City, Texas, and I worked there for 12 years, I think it was, until 2019, and then moved to Mandan, North Dakota, worked three, four months there, and then decided to early retire in July of 2019, and I've been living in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan since then, helping my wife take care of her elderly mother who's in a care home but we're there for her she's gonna be 93 in july so been keeping busy with that very interesting okay cool so let's jump into it you know you and i didn't get the chance to play together a few years apart love to hear about like where you grew up how you grew up and maybe how you you got to uaa yeah, it's uh, I look at look back now and the way kids are getting to university and the hockey they're playing. It amazes me that we took our hockey to the level we did with the coaching and stuff that we had. Because in actuality, I'm actually sitting in Ashcroft, British Columbia today, and that's where my minor hockey really began. So I'm like couple hundred yards from the drylands arena where I played wow. most of my minor hockey, which was basically on teams that, 
you scrape together enough kids to make a team and then you were playing against other teams around the area that they have 10 teams in their their cities right and we had one team and you're trying to compete against them so yeah it was that and yeah i remember there not being enough players to form a midget team and i had to go up two years and play with the juveniles which were 18 and 19 year old kids and i was whatever 15 so did that and then just got into junior hockey and wanted to go WHL and tried out for the Camus Oilers at the time. And uh, I remember my older cousin saying, oh, you won't make it. You're too small. But your brother, your big brother, he might have a chance to make it because he's big and tough. And we went, we both went to the camp and ended up both getting cut and sent to Williams Lake to play in the Peace Caribou Hockey League. So went up there and played played one and a half years up there and did pretty well. And then the next year I was on my way to Creston or Castlegar, I think, to play trial for the Seattle Breakers in the WHL. But I stopped off in Vernon to attend their training camp and ended up them wanting me to stay there and play and go for a scholarship. So I said, sure. My big brother said, you're good in school. You be a smart move for you to try to the university route. So stayed in Vernon and played a couple of years there and did really well. And my last year when I was 19, I got two offers, one from Fairbanks and one from Anchorage. And Sean LaFroth had went to Anchorage the year before that I played with in Vernon. And he went up to Anchorage in 86, I guess it was. And so I knew someone on the Anchorage team and and it was a bigger town than Fairbanks and a little better climate. So off I went to Anchorage, Alaska. So that's how I ended up there. So tell me a little bit. So first of all, just a sidebar on something you said earlier. Growing up the way we grew up, we didn't have private lessons. <laughs> <laughs> right like we didn't get that level of mentorship it was like hey go out back and skate the ice is good outside and i need you to get out of the house <laughs> yeah well i, I remember totally I different animal today uh yeah funny story like we lived outside of cash creek which is a few minutes north of ashcroft here but we lived in a little community roadside community and i remember one summer there was junior or university coming back and spending the summers with my parents and I would just I'd go work in the bush carrying a chainsaw and I'd come home and after work and you know I remember spray painting some silver dots on this stone wall we had built behind by the root cellar and I had a piece of plywood on the ground and I had about six or seven pucks to shoot and I was shooting at these these little dots on the rock wall and my pucks would jump into the across the fence into the sagebrush <laughs> after a couple of times i'm like no oh, this is just too much effort to go over there climb the fence and retrieve my pucks and stuff so with that you know i remember one year in university coming home and building a uh, stride board putting vegetable oil on it and yeah. you know some old tennis shoes on and i'm striding in the in my dad's wood workshop you know so making things because you couldn't afford those things right but, 
kids do nowadays. The parents buy them it. So yeah, it's just, you know, I, I didn't have a gym to wait, lift weights. I just carried a 15, 20 pound power saw around all summer in the bush cutting trees and stuff. So it, there was no weightlifting really for me in the gym <laughs> right. or ice all, all summer long to skate. It was way different. Totally different program. Totally. I don't think I saw a video on myself till I was in college. Maybe junior, <laughs> maybe junior, but you know, like, I mean, now it's on their phone. Oh, let me see a clip. Of how did the game go? I've got it on live barn. It's incredible. Technology, yeah. the ability to get feedback on their game. It's incredible. Yeah. But I always go back to like what made us succeed was a big heart and yeah. take all the talents in your world and talent can be beat by tenacity and hustle and yeah. the heart and the will to win versus you know if talent don't show up you know hustle and work hard that hard working team will beat them most often absolutely and the ability to adapt right oh yeah for sure you know and hey get up one more time then you get knocked down keep yep. it going that's it that's it and just a little bit i heard about your working career i mean that carried over in Arizona this is my plan okay that didn't work well, we're gonna go over here that's a new plan we're gonna go over here yeah so that but, carries forward well and then you, for those of you that you know are a little bit spiritual you gotta gotta trust that God's leading your path because you start taking your own path and mm -hmm. <laughs> you'll soon find out that <laughs> it has an end real quick absolutely absolutely I'm with you there all right so let me let me get this back on track so you're now in Vernon BC I want to nope. hear about your recruiting po oh. process to get to, did I miss something? No, no, I thought, no, no go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so I just wanted to hear talk about the recruiting, you know, I've talked to some guys and they're like, hey, one of the guys picked up, they actually I think it was Peluso, he said, somebody came to see me, they, they missed their flight, they had no business being where I was at, and they thought, well, I'll catch a game, and they saw me play. I'd love to, you know, UAA is so far from most places where guys have come from, and to our earlier point, the technology didn't exist to say, hey, show me video of Doug Spooner, right? Yeah, yeah. So how did they find you? How did they get to Vernon and find you and tell me about that process? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know how they found me, but, you know, a lot of Division One colleges do scout the British Columbia Hockey League. You know, even yeah. back then, they're coming mm -hmm. there, and that's why most of the kids are there to get a scholarship. And I, I was seeing first year in – Vernon, you know, Sean LaFroth got a scholarship. He went to Anchorage and a couple other kids, you know, Scott King, he got a scholarship to Maine and a couple other kids, you know, going here and there. And so second year, I'm thinking, okay. And I think one of the, the first year, you know, Michigan Tech actually sent me stuff. I never met a scout at any time for any of these universities. <laughs> never <laughs> talked to him after a game, just find this stuff in the mail or they mail it to the Lakers and they get it to you. And so Michigan tech contacted me and wanted my high school transcripts. So I sent them my transcripts. Yeah. I was 3.2 grade point average, but I was taking the metalwork woodwork stuff that I thought was going to do me something when I got out into the real world. Right. Not uh -huh. thinking that I was going to go to college. So I think they seen my transcripts and said, Nope, you're not getting into Michigan Tech with those transcripts. <laughs> so I just kind of, well, you know, yeah. Obviously, you feel kind of sad that they kind of dropped dropped you, but you're like, oh well, someone else, hopefully. And yeah, sure enough, I, I can't even remember, but I never spoke to Brush or Don Lucia or anybody. 
and just got the stuff in the mail and had the two choices, Fairbanks, because I was a I, I turned 20 in April, so I could have played one more year as an overage, but I wanted to get moving on because I seen quite a few of my teammates, Kevin Scott, he was my centerman my second year. He went to Northern Michigan and Campbell Blair, he went to Maine and the Hartnell Twins, they went to Ohio State. So everybody was going to university and here I am, well, two letters, one from Fairbanks, one from UAA. So I've picked UAA and I don't know, I signed a letter, I guess, and sent it back to the school and and maybe had a phone call with Brush and kind of said, well, you need to be up here August 20th or something. So made my plans that summer to head on and drive up to Anchorage. And I get there and the guy, I think Lucia, who had scouted me the most, I don't even know if Brush seen me play, but Lucia, he seen me play a few times, I think. And he was the one that really wanted me. I get up there and find out that Luch went to Fairbanks. <laughs> So you think about that, right? Like yeah, Luch yeah. took the head coaching job in Fairbanks and here's one of his primary recruits that they had sent me a letter to, but I didn't know Luch was going to Fairbanks during the summer. So ended up in Anchorage and yeah, it was just an amazing four years there. That's really cool. That's really cool. So tell me, I'm always asking and I'm fascinated by the feedback on this, but I ask all the guys, tell me some of your favorite stories from your times at UAA. Well, I think some of the great memories were second year there, we got to go to Japan and play hockey over there during the Christmas break because the world juniors were being held in Anchorage. You know, that was, that was a pretty, pretty good trip. You know, we got to see Bon Jovi live in the big egg and we just had a lot of fun in Japan and Got to see Michael Jackson going through the airport with his monkey on his shoulder just when we landed. And, but that was that was cool, real cool to see Tokyo, Japan and the other things. It was just the, the big wins, like it's 30 years. So I don't remember all of our games and this and that. But, you know, Bogieva scored the goal in overtime to win the Nissan Jeep Classic that one year beating Maine in one of the classics was awesome beating the Gophers in Minnesota that one year six five overtime Carrie Fisher I think scored the goal you don't know, think we were riding high like yeah <laughs> you know yeah. independent uh, you know little school from Anchorage go down there and beat the Gophers in their home barn Oof, that was awesome so those those things really stick out but you know it's yeah the, the friendships you made and, you know, everybody were like, we were like brothers and it was real, real cool, real yeah. cool experience. And I recommend it to any young guy. You know, I know a lot of kids go through the WHL and so much opportunity there nowadays. It's, it's a win-win for them because if they don't get drafted and they still get money put towards a scholarship towards college. So they can play WHL and then actually go to school and get most of it paid for, I think, nowadays. So pretty yeah, those pretty those are those are the things. But you know, to go in there and see my first year in Anchorage, you know, Pete McEnany and Mike Hiltner and you know, those guys, they were they were seniors and here I am a little junior or a, a freshman, right? Me and Dean Trebojevich, I think were the only freshmen that year that they had recruited, you know, to be able to play with those older guys that, you know, are still 
you know, Mac and Indian stuff still around Anchorage and uh, contributing every year to the minor hockey programs and stuff. That's uh, was an honor to play with those guys. And then you know, each year you, the seniors go away and you become one year more and, uh, you know, you get more ice time and uh, mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's, you make such good friendships, you know, like with Mac and Indian. You know, I haven't talked to Peluso for years, but uh, I think he's still down around Minnesota. But sure is nice to be able to say, yeah, you know, you, you knew that guy, you played with that guy. And, you know, lots of, even the guys, you know, Molly and Knuckleby and those guys from years before I even got there that were still around helping us guys coming up. You know, I remember after college not having a job and <laughs> Knuckleby taking me on a few painting jobs. He was painting outsides of houses and insides of houses and stuff. So <laughs> that was the mentorship we got is, you know, they give you a helping hand kind of, well, you can come work for me. We're painting houses. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, I'll do it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. That's funny. Well, a few of those guys you've mentioned, we've, we've recently had on the podcast, so you'll have to check out those episodes. All right, so let's let's talk a mentorship program. And I was kind of chatting on the intro with with one of our producers, but you've got a big role there. I'm grateful that you and Coop have have stepped up and and taken on this challenge. I think it's going to be a phenomenal program, phenomenal addition for the university, but also for our Seawolf for Life uh, team here. Talk to us about the mentorship program. Where's it at today? What's the vision for the future? Well, I think we're obviously just, we, I know we're just starting out and Kevin Cooper is kind of the spearheading it. He's, he's the guy taking the lead. And I seen when Coop, you know, me and him were best friends. So when he took the lead and I seen it, keeping track of the alumni and stuff, I was like, Hey, contacted him and said, Hey, you want to, you know, kind of tag team this together. We we can do that. And, you know, I said, I'd like to help out any way I can, because, you know, I just shared with you my desire to work with young men and I truly believe that we can make a difference in their lives and it's not telling them how to do it but to share our work experience you know it's not only getting out of college and finding a job but it's like you you just never know where your career is going to go and I want to stress to them it's about when you're playing hockey if you're a freshman sophomore you got to be networking you know, there's buzzwords out there for it nowadays, I'm sure. But networking is what it's at. You need to rub elbows with boosters, people in the community. You just never know who that person's going to be that is going to help you get a job. And you might be in that job for a long, long time or something better might come up. Nowadays, it's who you know, not what you know in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think a lot of times, at least for myself, when I was playing, I just wanted to play hockey. I wasn't interested in in developing relationships. Of course, I had relationships in the locker room, and and that was a very close knit, closed group, right? Um, yeah. And I just I was like, great, I'm content there. I I got my buddies, and we go on road trips together, and we play hockey, and we give each other a hard time, and push each other, and. I'm good. And I think that's a really valid point is to help some of these young players to recognize that, like, let's expand our vision a little bit here. This is a finite time for maybe five years, if you're lucky in the college world. And then 
you're onto something else. And what does that something else look like? And and what's the plan for it? Yeah, um, uh, this the story I always tell is, you know, me and Coop, we graduated the same time and <laughs> we joked with each other as we we're getting our diplomas. We're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if somebody, you know, meets us after we get our diploma, you know, and it's all said and done, you know, somebody meets us outside the door and says, Hey, you know, you did really good. And, you know, for the seawolves and stuff, would you like to come work for my company and, you know, get paid 40 grand a year? And we're like kind of dreaming, right? And guess how many people met us after we got our diploma? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, that's reality, right? But yeah. You know, we we were we were doing stuff. Kevin he he mentions it about you know well we went and shoveled the snow off of this guy's roof that one time and he worked for Arco the oil company and we're thinking hey you go shovel his roof off maybe he'll has an in for you to go work on the slope after you get out of college and you know that didn't work for either of us but we we were trying right then working the the angles the different angles and yeah to you know I was working at a food 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 distribution. Who was Pete McEnany who was working there and he got me, you know, put in a good word for me with his boss. And yeah, I got on there and that turned into, I think I resigned from there. And Kevin's older brother was working at a pipe valve and fitting company in Anchorage and went there working in the warehouse. David put in a good word for me and, and that was a seven and a half year ordeal which was great for me and got me into oil and gas right so next thing you know i'm joe cly he's a senior when i was a freshman he's like hey you know we need another procurement guy over here in the arco tower working for an engineering company you should put your application in put my application in and got the job right so you can just see how it all you know yeah hockey alumni helped helped me move through progression and then i got to the engineering company and worked a couple years there and heard of a job opening at BP and yeah, they're all of a sudden, yeah, 150 applicants and I get the job, right? But I, the hiring manager, I, I knew him through the university. So not that I was underqualified and got the job, but I was qualified and you know, he knew who I was and my character right. and, mm-hmm. you know, work experience and stuff. So it just all worked out. But every time you looked at it, it was somebody you knew that helped you along. So don't burn any bridges and believe yeah. it. That makes yeah. life a lot easier than just trying to get your degree in Anchorage and go back to your hometown and try to find a job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as you grow up a little bit, you start to realize that life is a team sport. You need others. They need you. You got to do it together. So it's a really valid point about just building that network. And you might be in a role. It might not be forever. You know, your interests change. The business might, their needs might change. So that network needs to be open and and active. Yeah. And my former boss, my former boss at BP, he was one of the people that started the supply chain management, their program at UAA. Really? So yeah, Mike Wilson was his name. Okay. So he worked yeah. with professors and stuff, and you know, got the supply chain. I hope I I haven't checked, but I think they still have the program there. But that's what my whole career was really procurement and supply chain management. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about what's next. I know that we we kind of have this this mentorship program where you and Coop are kind of getting it off the ground here. What's next for you guys? 
talk to our listeners about what's right ahead. Well, he said I'll to have an initial meeting with Coach Shashby and hopefully the whole team. They can get in a conference room and we can have a Zoom meeting with them and kind of uh, lay out our kind of game plan of trying to help. And it's obviously we're volunteering. So it's like we just hope some of the hockey players that are still playing and even those that are getting ready, you know, we can help them with different stuff. Like Coop said, you know fine-tuning their resume and cover letters and putting them in contact with people. And the big vision is we've got alumni all over the United States, probably in Europe too. So it's like there might be somebody in your area that's willing to see what you have, you know, your degree in and, you know, willing to take a chance on you. And that's better than nothing about going out and making cold calls with your resume and trying to get hired because everybody coming out of college, you'll, you'll want to go to work. I'd like to think unless you're going to go on and get your master's degree, but yeah, 99% of them, I think are just getting into the work field. So hopefully we can help them do that. But then it's, you know, like I thought through my whole career, 30 year career, like, it'd be nice to have somebody to bounce stuff off of, you know, Hey, what did you do in this situation? You know, I'm looking for a job and, you know, my degree is in this and I really want to go into this degree or, you know, once they're in it, well, what can I do to improve myself? What can I do to get ahead and take that next step? I want to become this. And are there any tricks to the trade that you guys know of? And we may know some more than likely we do, but, you know, we give them an opportunity to bounce stuff off from us, whether it's just shooting us an email and establishing a relationship. But a mentor and mentee relationship is mostly worked by the mentee, right? Asking the questions, not being shy. You know, there's no stupid questions. Just ask away and, you know, we'll give it our best answer. And maybe we don't know an answer, but we know somebody that does have the answer and we'll get you a an intelligent answer back and you know you can choose the mentee has to choose do i grab this ball and I run with it or just let it fall so I'm just trying you know, to help I, any way we can yeah i i love the what you just said there right the mentorship program if it's done right should be more than just hey let me help you with your resume which needs to happen right but just to have a reference point out there to say, hey, you know, maybe I'm I'm in a career and I'm doing really well. What could I what could I be thinking about? You know, or or am I running out of runway on my career and and I want to change lanes to have yeah. an, somebody that's down the road a little bit further that you can access just to run run something by. But I, I also love what you said there. Now you have access to their network as well. So hey, I don't have that answer. But I played with two guys over here that would let me run that by them first and I'll bring it back to you. Um, I'm just going to say, yeah. and hopefully some of our young, our young athletes recognize that it's bigger than this linear relationship, right? It's I'm building a network and then my network can intersect with my mentor's network. Those are huge and powerful concepts, if you will. Yeah. And I don't know how you went about declaring your major, but I had no idea what I wanted, but I, I didn't think enough of my intelligence to think, oh, I'm going to get get into business management or something like that. I was kind of like, I think a lot of hockey players, I'll be honest with you, back then it was like, okay, what what is something I could do and actually get my degree in? So I, I chose justice, right? Okay. And others might have ch chose journalism or something, but 
Cooper, he's business and Fisher was economics. And, you know, some of these guys that thought more of their mental intelligence, they, they went after it. But I think there's a lot of guys that are kind of just treading water. I didn't declare major until my third year, which you can do, right? Get all the basic requirements taken care of. But, but now after seeing my 30 years, it's like, well, man, I, I wish I would have went into supply chain management, you know, and got a degree in that if it was, I wasn't offered at UA at the time, but, and then I would have been like years ahead going into right. the real world. Cause I truly enjoyed my career in supply chain management, procurement, buying millions of dollars worth of goods and stuff and contracts and working with customers and suppliers and stuff. So it was a really good career for me, but now I'm seeing these kids come out of colleges in the Midwest with supply chain management degrees and they're, they're starting at a wage that just you know blows me away. <laughs> yeah. And then you see engineers at the refinery I worked for mechanical engineers. These guys went in and they became a mechanical engineer and same thing, you know, the jobs are out there for them. They just go and pretty much get a job. Right. So, yeah. Well, listen, suppose I am looking forward to having you and Coop together on our next podcast and I'm really grateful for this time for us to just chat and and kind of tee it up for the next episode if you will but also just to for guys that are in our fraternity if you if you will that don't know you just to hear some of your background um how you got to UAA and and what you what you have been doing for work has been really enjoyable so with that I just want to thank you for joining the conversation and uh for listeners I just please Go ahead and subscribe, share. We want to get the word out. And um, we look forward to uh, the next conversation. We look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pack is Back podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.